When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Darren Connell podcast show, Straight White Whale. This is episode 24, unbelievable. Thank you so much for everybody that tunes in and watches it. Basically my second cousins and my ma. There we go. <laughs> Before I get into the podcast, I want to thank McTassels, the beautiful Greek food truck that's based in Kelvin Way and they've got a wee stall up at the fort as well so i just want to thank them for supporting this podcast it's beautiful food very cheap prices halloumi beef and chicken so go in about it and go and try one out and then when you try one out tell them that you're there because darren connell sent you so the cunts can fucking sponsor the podcast again yeah you're fucking right here do you get to eat there for free they have been kind. Okay. They've right. been kind. That's all right, because PJ and Dax were in, they were like, oh, we're eating there for nothing. I'm like, oh, right. And I'm thinking, I should get a camera on me so that I can eat there. <laughs> <laughs> we get up going, do you know Paul? On the, on... And I'll be like, no, mate, fuck off. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give him that, because back in the day, a couple of years ago, I helped them out with something. Right. And it, it helped them. It did help them. I might go up and name drop you, mate. I, Darren Connell's my best pal. Just be like, I'm... I'm the producer, of the, I'm the guy that makes it happen. Where's my fucking G-Ross? Uh, I <laughs> I'm quite strange as in, no, I'm not strange. I like to pay my way Aye. as well. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take the piss. Like, so see, I mean, I've not had one in ages, right? But I like to get two because I'm a fat cunt. And then I'm like, but I don't want two for free. Why don't you make me pay for one? <laughs> and then I'll get one for Aye. free. Mate, I wouldn't buy the one in Kelvin Way. Uh, with my mate, I was like, oh, we need to try McTasso's um, on Sunday. And the fucking queue. Crazy. It was mental, mate. We didn't get near it. I was like, fuck that, man. Was it the wee old guy working there? I didn't see it. I seen it through, like, the boat in the street. I looked up and seen the amount of people outside. And I was like, no, I was like, tell him that's because of straight white whale. 
And he was like, oh, really? I don't know, mate. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely helps them. So uh, thank you very much, Troops. And I don't know how long they've got left, but uh, we've got a new sponsor. So I don't know if McTassos has got one more week, but we've got a new sponsor after that. How many weeks did they take? They took eight in in total. I'll check back on that. Aye. So I think it's like one left or something. Right, okay. Well, we won't mention the new sponsor. We'll keep it as a surprise, will we? Or do you want to mention them? No, we'll keep it as a surprise. It's not going to be as exciting as hair transplants and McTassos. I'll say I'll still suck their cocks <laughs> for comical value. <laughs> 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 so how you been mate i've been okay i've been absolutely fucked for this is why i know that i'm loving this podcast by the way i would have cancelled the day if this was like two years ago um since the podcast a lot of people commented on it as well uh since the podcast last week people were getting in touch and saying you look fucked like shattered mm -hmm. and i felt it mate you i mean you said yourself it just hit us like a ton of brick, mm -hmm. bricks. And uh, when I when I got home last week, essentially I've just been in my bed uh, for nine days. I've had three COVID tests and they're all negative. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm feeling much better. I mean, I do feel rough as fuck. My muscles are killing us, man. And my bones are killing us. And I'm, I, I'm more struggling, but I didn't want to miss a week of this podcast because... The last time I missed it, the numbers dipped, mm -hmm. and it just keeps me productive. But That's it, mate. you should have seen the fucking Nicky's yesterday, man. Massive ginger beard, let it grow right up past my cheeks. Hair was long, stinking a pure shite, and I was like, <laughs> I need to get out of the gaff, man. So I was saying, I was, you know, back to walking with a weighted vest on and stuff. In the last two weeks, I've just fucked it, man. So Can I it date, mate? Like, uh, see, like that. People that are like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym, I've got a cold and stuff. It's like, you need to rest, man. Yeah. You're just going to prolong the effect of it. People that go to the gym with a uh, sickness as well, where you fucking mentally yeah, ill. Yeah, absolute fucking wank stains, mate. Like, just spreading their germs about every cunt. I'm definitely at that stage now as well. I'm like, if you're fucked, get away from me. Aye. I just, I don't feel like I've got the cold. I'm just physically, like, exhausted. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I am all right. How have you been? I've been all right, mate. I've got a, qu a quieter week this week. I'm going to Amsterdam in some couple of weeks, and I'm I'm mm. doing that thing where I'm winding doing my fucking calendar. Uh huh. Who are you going with? <laughs> my missus, um, and uh, my best mate and his missus. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Gonna get in about the prosies, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the prosies. <laughs> Can't wait. I have I've had some uh, prosies. <laughs> <laughs> no pro prosies. No comment. What's some the best one I ever heard and it took me ages to fucking come round to it was my mate's da to twig what he was talking about. He was talking about gas cookers. Aye. And I was just sitting there going, What the fuck was he talking about gas cookers? And then somebody was like, Hookers? I was like, alright, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> gas cooker. Um You ever been to Amsterdam? I have. Class, I've, I've been twice and it was for uh two stag do's oh fuck aye wow it was mental were you in a group of people that you see them they get drunk they smoke their faces go red and then they're fucking spewing at the... it was pretty weird it was like they were all stoners and they were just sitting getting fucking stoned and i can't smoke weed I, i've i've never able to smoke it so i'm over there like a fucking 
speedball. Like everybody's getting stoned, and I want right. to get out my nut. Right. But it was a good laugh. I mean, I think everybody should go. Uh, the only thing that ruined it was the fact that it was a stag do. But I would, I'd like to go back and do what you're doing, like go back with a bird or something. Aye, mate. And chill. This will be, this will be my twelfth visit to Amsterdam. I've been so many times, mate. Eleven or twelve. I was trying to figure it out. I was like, is, were they the same, the same time? Definitely at least eleven times that I've been. I used to go every year, just because, you know, because you love Van Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like hiding in lofts. <laughs> no, mate, I, I I would live in Amsterdam. I love it. I think it's a, an amazing place. That is nice. Uh, when I went, there was a you know how there's always like one pal that's on the same wavelength as you. Mm-hmm. As everybody was getting stoned, we were like, right, let's fucking go out for a walk, and we'll try and do something. But we ended up getting mad with it and take a couple of eckies. And uh, the queue for the Anne Frank was just like miles long. For your neckies. Aye. And I'm like, ah, fuck that, man. <laughs> Fucking waiting that. <laughs> I'm a fuck waiting for that, man. Did you get your... <laughs> Did you get your neckies off of one of the wee pss, pss cunts? Aye. They're scary, mate. We had t-shirts that all had funny fucking logos and shit on it. So mm-hmm. everybody knew that it was a stag do. Mm-hmm. And we walked it where digs see a hundred yards down the street. Mm-hmm. I was like, we need to get back to the digs and change our taps. We need to get shirts and all that one. Uh-huh. Because we were just like bullseyes. Right. Like just, you want this, you want that. And it was fucking relentless, man. Aye, mate. It's weird. The first time I went, I went with a mate. It was funny, right? It was my, my first serious girlfriend. We were due to go. We were flying out on the Monday morning. Do you remember when, you might be a wee bit too young, at Transavia Airways? No. No, they were like Dutch EasyJet and they would fly <laughs> for press week to Amsterdam for like nine quid. Fuck. Obviously then your bag was like whatever. So I think the return flights were like 80 quid, but that was with a suitcase not like really good. So that was why I went every year because it was cheap as fuck. I figured out that it was cheaper to fly to Amsterdam than it was to go to London. So I was like, fuck it, I'll go to Amsterdam because at least I could smoke there. But... My ex, it was like the Friday night, and um, I was like, right, let's get everything together. And I was like, pure, right, pack, you packed your case, but I was like, have you got your passport? And she just looked at me and went, I need a passport. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. But there was nothing <laughs> that we could do, because I don't even, I think we looked into it, you couldn't do like the, the 24-hour express thing unless you were renewing, and it was a Saturday, and it was just not happening. So I changed it into my mate's name, it was just two guys, mate, and we were fucking weirdo magnets. There's a guy come up to his way a Scottish accent, heard the Scottish accent, come up and went, he's for Scotland. And he looked like, see like the caddy out of Happy Gilmore? Mm-hmm. What a hobo. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we were looking at a map before mobile phones. Like, well, we had mobile phones, but we didn't have Google Maps. And we were, and I was like, oh, pure naive. Like, I were looking for this. And the guy basically like grabbed my arm and was like, I'll tell you if you give me 20 euros. And I was like trying to walk away and I eventually had to just say to him, see if you don't like going my fucking arm, I'm going to break your fucking face. Wow. And the guy was like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But you know, I'm six, five, my mate's six, four. I was thinking, see if we won there, like if you were like a pure, just no got that fucking aggressive, like get the fuck away from me. Mm-hmm. They, I think he would have just, just stayed on. Like, latched like on. I just latched on until you gave him money. So he was Scottish. Do you think he was like homeless or something? Oh, for sure, mate. I think a lot of the homeless people, uh, over in Amsterdam are people that immigrate there. Aye. Like to be, it's, a, it's the tourism's insane, mate. See if you think the tourism in Edinburgh or Glasgow, 
That is like their full economy. Wow. That was the reason why they didn't, when the Conservatives got voted in, I think, was it 10, 15 years ago, they tried to ban weed and it just got kiboshed because they rely on American and British and yeah. whatever Germans, like, going to Holland to have a smoke. So I take it that gives the the community millions of pounds and if they wanted to make that illegal, it would just be silly. It would die, mate. Especially surely. when it's in a safe environment. You know what you're smoking and you know what you're getting. Aye, mate. That's crazy, isn't it? Aye, mate. But even the aggression for the prostitutes is intimidating. Like them coming out and try to grab you in, try to pull you in. Yeah. I, I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> you were waiting in a week, you. I, I was for like, Anne Frank and went, what the fuck? <laughs> Taking Eckies in Anne Frank's uh, loft. <laughs> no, it's like, no, I'm not even going to finish it. Imagine that for a come down, waking up next to Anne Frank. Oh. Walking through the Anne Frank Museum where I come down. Fuck. I fuck that. Imagine just being in a loft where I come down, never mind <laughs> Anne Frank's loft. <laughs> a wee loft goblin. <laughs> Full of Eckies. I wonder when Eckies came out. It's mad to think Eckies, wasn't it? Just think, they, they never knew about Eckies back in the day. Well, Hitler was big on amphetamine. That's why everything was so passionate. Yeah. He literally was having, he had Ecky job, but he was literally having <laughs> that conversation that you have in the house party where you're like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But in front of a full <laughs> nation of people <laughs> sitting there going, I'm going to invade Poland, fuck it. And then waking up the next day and going, oh no. Oh no, we were done. Imagine the fear. It's <laughs> they're crazy, they're already it? in Poland, Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> We've started it now, we might as well keep going. So you've had an all right <laughs> week then since I've last seen you. Aye, mate. It's, been, it's good to see you, but mate. It's good to see you as well, mate. This is the highlight of my week, genuinely. It's nice to hear. Would you go to Amsterdam with me? Absolutely. But probably take Eckies. <laughs> Sit in a loft. Wannies would die though. I think Wannies would die. Oh mate. Cut oh. to five years, I'd be latching onto somebody's air. I'll give you it for twenty euros, I'll take you. The cunts in Amsterdam are fucking crazy as well, mate. Think first time I went, I lo I locked us out of the hostel room. So it was like a private hostel room with like two bunk beds, whatever. And I I locked the key in the room. And the guy that was in the reception was like, oh, the person that owns the place has got the spare keys and they are in like Den Haag or wherever. Like they're not in Amsterdam, they're not coming back to the Morris. So oh. we had to sleep in the reception with this guy. And he was sitting smoking a pipe. And I was like, what are you smoking? He was pure crack. Oh my God. Just pure balls out. Bit of crack. Crack cocaine? Hi, mate. Wow. Guy was sitting fucking freebasing in the fucking... What? Does, is there a smell off that? I don't, I don't really remember. I think that's what triggered me to ask, what the fuck's that he's smoking? Yeah. Um, but I do, I ha obviously it will have, it'll just have like a pure chemical smell, won't it? It'll wow. just smell rancid. That's mental, mate. But I just pure balls out like that. Some crack. I like it's nothing. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I always heard somebody, I think it was like a friend, a friend that I knew that smoked heroin. Right. And he, he proper turned his nose up at like coke and eckies and stuff. He's like, I don't do that, it's a lot of shit. Okay. And he smokes Mac. Didn't he really drink? Was quite functioning. I think we've spoke about this in the podcast before, but just how he would just like, if somebody says you want a line, he'd be like, nah. Don't touch that shit. Aye. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. I'm him, sucking a fucking ghost say, knob there. Is that him sucking a dick for his smack? <laughs> <laughs> I was having a flashback there, man. Do you, do you remember that advert that used to be on TV with the wee guy? Where they were pure 
Uh, <laughs> do you want to smoke? Do you want to smoke it? Like, what was it they said? Fucking, is that heroin? The guy's like, aye, smack. And then the next thing, the guy's taking his PlayStation into the fucking, the punch. <laughs> aye, aye. Remember watching it as a wee guy, though? It was horrifying. <laughs> but now you're like, wee dick. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the cunts that used to come to your school? Like the... Hopscotch. Hopscotch, they no were, way. They were like a mad play. They were like a mad f- musical theatre group that did like hard hit issues. I can't slag them because I, I kind of know them. But, <laughs> I, the, but I remember there was a boy band that came and it was called... They were called... Still ha- No, fuck. Natural High. I'm sure they were called Natural High. Right. And it was in the auditorium and this guy... The, the boy band leader right. uh, was like, <laughs> there was a police there as well, getting a drug talk and he pulls out a suitcase and he's like, all these, all, all this stuff about knife crime and stuff. But then he starts talking about drugs and he's like, you know, we can't force you to take drugs, trick like uh, to no take drugs. Right. <laughs> You're either going to take them or you won't take them. Uh-huh. But this is what's I've seen in people dying and taking ecstasy and stuff. And then I was like, fair enough. He scared me. I don't want to take drugs. And then this fucking how high cunt came out. And he's like, I was at a party when I was 14 years old and someone spiked my drink with quarter of an ecstasy tablet. And I woke up in the hospital two weeks later and I was crying and confused. And everybody was like, aye, we are taking eckies because of him. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> aye, mate. Aye. I remember fucking having a conversation with somebody. They were like, uh, being like, I would never take ecstasy. And I was like, how? And they were like, because I knew somebody that took half an ecstasy tablet and, and died for it. And I was like, well, either that's not ecstasy that they've took or that's horseshit. Anybody that I've ever seen get proper complications have taken a lot. Yeah. They overdose on it. They take. Now, nowadays you get the big fuckers that. They're like, you know, 500 milligram MDMA and you should be chopping them up into like quarters yeah. or whatever, test the water. But I've had a lot of experience with ecstasy. I have never seen somebody take like a quarter of an ecstasy tablet and drop down fucking deed unless... I've seen, I've seen people take ketamine thinking it's ecstasy yeah. or whatever like that, but that's like the pure newspapers. That's like the pure scare stories. I took half, half an ecstasy and was in a coma and it's like, you're patronising people now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure, the people that were in your school had big cousins, big brothers that were pure. It's fucking brilliant. You know what I mean? You're like, this Aye. fucking wee Glasgow uni cunts come and run pure. Yeah, man, don't take it. Don't do drugs. It's better. Like, fucking natural high. <laughs> I know. Like, natural fuck off. I had a trial for Motherwell FC and I didn't turn up because I had to come down. <laughs> <laughs> James McFadden used to be my friend. <laughs> I could have been someday. <laughs> I, and then, like, obviously I'm no... I'm not saying take, I'm sober, I'm proud to ah, be sober, yeah. but like if when you go to Amsterdam and you smoke weed, you're going to be all right because it's like, you know, it's no mixed with anything. It's, it's the same way like hash and stuff, like when people lose their fucking mind smoking hash, it's because their shit is dipped in shit. It's ah, probably yeah, fucking yeah. dipped in bleach. Back in the day, you'd get soap bar and slate and you would cut the fucking ounce and half and there'd be a bit of a poly bag. So they'd be hollowing out the middle of the bar so that like you get a nine bar which is nine ounces of hash right and it's got i don't i don't right. even know what you're saying so, mate like honestly 
I, I feel actually, like I'm an undercover police right now. I'm like, yeah, man, hash. Yeah, I, I smoke hash, man. Like, with your fucking, your timbally, your timbies and your boot cut jeans on. Can I have um, 50 pounds worth, please? <laughs> Can you roll it up for me? <laughs> like, fuck off, you're not. No, but you would get nine ounces. That's like the standard, like a bar, right? You would buy that. You chop it up and you'd sell it. Yeah. And sometimes you would see cunt's eyes. So what they would do is they would hollow out the inside of the hash. And then stuff it with poly bags, and then sell that. Was it to make it weigh more? To make it weigh the same, but you would hollow it out, so you'd be taking nine ounces and turning it into like twelve, or turning it into fourteen, fifteen ounces, because you would take the middle of the bar out and then stuff a black bag into it. That's mental. I know, mate. And then you're the way that you cut it up, is you put it in the microwave and then you take it out. And it would just be melted poly bags. So cunts are literally smoking melted plastic. Aye. And then they're 20 years down the line, they're like... They're on a permo. <laughs> they're dancing in the middle of fucking Buchanan Street to some rave music or something, man. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Aye, aye, aye. We know. We know who we're... <laughs> or you're hitting tin bins to fucking rave music. <laughs> that fucking mad cunt, I know. With the mad dancing teddy bears. Uh, I don't really want to talk about drugs too much because I do panto. So I mean, I've been cancelled weeks ago. I was getting a ghost a blowjob there. So, uh, <laughs> what's on the list, mate? I've had a a weird nine days. So I've I've basically just been in my bed for nine days watching the telly. Did you see? I want to talk about my tweet. Did you see my Rangers tweet? Um, about the penalty. Aye, I did, mate. So basically, I'm Mystic Meg. That's what I'm saying, right? I can. I'm the sixth sense, I'm Bruce Willis, I can see ghosts. It's a, I've never seen a tweet go as mental as that on my social media. It right. ended up getting half a million views. It had something like 10, you know how you can click in to see. Oh, you're an, I was thinking, aye. how the fuck do you know? Aye, it's like reach. Aye. Right. It was like half a million, 10,000 profile uh, visits. And it was just mental. Essentially, I was watching the Rangers and the Dundee game. And it was a good game, considering Dundee are shite. I thought it was all right. Their players were playing well. And then about five minutes before it happened, I tweeted, Rangers are so bad today, I could see them missing their penalty. Mm -hmm. Clicked send. And honestly, about a minute later, they get a penalty. And Tavernier put it on the bar. And my fucking, it just went mental. You're like the Nostradamus of Scottish football. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm all a bit freaky. Remember, I had the dream about my uncle and stuff. So that's right. I'm full blown. You're an intuitive, clairvoyant. What's that? What was that? An intuitive's a broad name for people that want to kid on that they can like speak to ghosts and. Uh, predict the future. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about intuition. Like you've got like that sixth sense. Aye, so but I date what, with pure shite things. You like, date with football. <laughs> I, I remember, remember Chris Sutton's brother, John Sutton. Uh-huh. I had that years ago with him. I was like, he's going to score a penalty. I put a fiver on and got thirty-five quid. So, oh, did you? I like to use my my powers for good. <laughs> <laughs> You're in. The, <laughs> you just imagine like the mad fucking music. The pure boop boop pure. I predicted a penalty against Dundee one. <laughs> like just pure, <laughs> guys. Here's my daily routine to keep my intuition. <laughs> But a couple of Rangers fa- don't get me wrong, everybody was like, that is fucking mental. Aye. Even Rangers fans were like, that is mental. There was a couple like, uh, fucking hell, Timothy, even a broken cock is 
right twice a day and I'm like, no, I said he was going to miss the penalty. That's the difference. Do you know what I mean? So, up, please. I get it. So that was the reaction. Did you get any abuse? Because anybody that really comments on Scottish football, especially the Celtic and Rangers, um, tend to get a bit of abuse. I never get abuse for that one, sadly. Uh, No, sadly. Uh, Surprisingly. It was only a couple of... uh, Hope you enjoyed the game. Thanks for watching and all that. Oh, fuck. Like, am I not allowed to watch Scottish football? I know, mate. That's pathetic. That shit. Obsessed. What are you doing watching Rangers? You're like, it's my club's greatest rivals. Yes. I like, I enjoy having a wank to them getting beat, mate. Aye. And if you drop points, Celtic could possibly fucking win the league. Why would I not be interested in that? Like, it's, I hate that for both sides. I hate that shit. Like, stick to your own team. You're like, they realise that the two of them come kind of hand in hand Aye. with each other. Like, fuck's sake. Because I fucking love Scottish football, by the way. But I hate all that shit attached to it. It's, I prefer Scottish football to anything else. I'd rather watch Partick Thistle than a, a Championship England game. Like, honestly. I get mad at a Cove Rangers and Paul Hartley, man. Fucking yes. Fucking yes. I <sighs> uh, so that happened. Uh but I had a strange just watching mad shit on, uh, what am I saying? I'll talk about a viral tweet, right? Tiffany King, are you aware of that? It happened last night in LA, a film premiere. Oh, right. I've seen, right. So can't, there was a tweet like, uh, hell on earth has happened. Is it right? <laughs> I've seen the tweet. <laughs> But I was in a I was in a recording session and I I forgot about it, so it was like, yeah, go tell me what happened. So, so essentially, there was a cinema in LA similar to the Glasgow Film Theatre, a wee arty farty independent right. cinema, and they were showing a film. I'm not too sure what the film was, but the projector broke, and as the projector was broke and it was fucked, this woman decided to stand up and do an off the cuff stand up comedy set. And she was there with her four-year, five-year-old daughter. And she said her daughter dared her to do it. And the video, it went like a couple of newspapers covered it. A couple Aye. of big news outlets covered this story. And then see the actual video. Uh-huh. It's just an unhinged woman dying on her ass in front of a crowd that are literally saying out loud, what the fuck? Is happening is it tiffany king tiffany king right the videos get three million views on twitter that mm-hmm. original tweet all hell broke loose at the amc burbank 16 last night <laughs> it's gets eighty thousand likes and eleven thousand retweets and three million views on so it's went viral wow. like big time so she get dared to their stand-up set because she's a stand-up comedian i think right. she's an open spot stand-up right. comedian okay and uh she died on her arse and then at the end of it, she was like, I'm also a clairvoyant. <laughs> she was like, touch me up. You're the Scottish <laughs> Tiffany King, mate. <laughs> but I was watching it and I was like, aye, that's like the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Just fucking men- a mentally ill person. Just That would be like the Fringe in Edinburgh. Just a mentally ill person standing up in a bus and just being like, I'm Frank, I got for the I'm Frank Museum. And everybody's like, aye. <laughs> Aye. I think no matter how good a stand-up comedian you're, if you try and impose your set on people that are only there, that are paid to go and see a movie and only there to see you, it's not going to go well. People are just got to tell you to sit down and shut the fuck up. And not having that awareness, though, that to know that you're shite is 
it's scary. I feel I'm saying this as comical value, but I feel like certain stand-up comedians and serial killers, there's no, it's very close. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like some open spot comedians are very close to a couple of bad decisions in life that could make them serial killers. Right. You see it in their fucking eyes, man. They've got that deranged fucking... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're like, you're not even the funniest cunt in your work. Never mind <laughs> on a stage. I remember walking through the two... I won't name him, right? He's an open spot. Absolute prick. He was a bad person. That's why I'm saying he's a prick. Walking through the tune, going to the state bar. The state bar used to do stand up, and I think I'd done my fourth gig there. A great, great gig ran by Chris Broomfield. And uh, this guy was gigging there that night, and I was walking through Glasgow City Centre, right? And he was just standing up, he was standing on the pavement, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Looking up at the fucking sky, uh-huh. just standing, like, staring into the sky. And I was like, you all right, mate? And he was like, oh, yeah, yes, yes. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, no, nothing, just completely flustered. I was like, you're just looking up at this guy, Fantasizing mate? Fantasizing about mass murder. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the type of guy that was always giggling to himself. And I think he had a wee, uh, fuck, I don't know if he had a voice recorder, a wee notepad or something in his pocket. And he was always like taking notes. And then he would go up and he would just horrifically die in his arse. And after it, it'd be like, oh, like, like it was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, mate, that lack of self-awareness in people freaks me the fuck out because I, I worry, I'm like, am I like that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Do I have that lack of self-awareness? Even if you're asking yourself that question, I don't think you do. I think you must have a level what will you do because you're asking yourself. <laughs> These people don't ask themselves if they're all, you know what I mean? It just floats about going, I must, they must just sit in the rain and go, I'm amazing. Yeah. This is toxic positivity, mate. This is what happens when you just blow smoke up your own arse. Yeah. You don't live in reality and you're just like, I'm going to manifest a comedy career by kidding on that I'm fucking, you know what I mean? Sometimes you see it on stage. Like, I mean, it's never at a professional night. It's always at open spot nights. They'll say a joke. They won't get a laugh. And then they'll say, that was funny. Why are you not laughing at that? I had a conversation with somebody about this, right? And I was, this is just, this conversation's just triggered this. Do you base your opinion on your set based on the reaction that you get for the crowd? It depends. Right. But I would say so, yeah. Right. Do you record your sets? I've only started doing it. Right, okay. So in the last year. It was a conversation with an aspiring comedian, shall we say. And he listens to this podcast, by the way. And I've seen him do... He's not an aspiring comedian because he's done gigs, right? So he is a comedian. But he's not done gigs in a while. So he's aspiring to get back to comedy, right? And he, uh, he was telling me a story about um, basically like dying on his arse. And I said to him, like, do you... And he was like, it was, I, I was horrendous. And I was like, well, how do you know? And he's like, because nobody was laughing. I was like, right, but... So you're going to base your opinion on your art form on the reaction that you get for it? And he mm. was like, aye. And I was like, well, I wouldn't do that, mate. I, mean, I get advice years ago for a music agent a high-powered music agent to record your sets and i was like why anyway because you run the risk of basing your thoughts and feelings on how you're doing in music based on the reaction that you get for the crowd and he's like and that's not always the best way to do it because you could yeah. get put in front of the wrong crowd yeah and you're trying to achieve something that just doesn't suit the crowd so fuck them 
And yeah. I was like, right. And he's like, so record your sets, listen back, and base it on the facts. And mate, see the amount of times where I'd come off stage and I was like, that's utter shite. And I'd listen back and be like, fuck's that sake. Good. That was good. Like, I, I do agree with you. And I agree with him as well, but it's different with comedy because it's, it's weird. Like a couple, did I tell you a couple of weeks ago, I did a gig and there was only five people in the crowd. Aye. So did I speak about that? You podcast? didn't really speak about it. You just mentioned it. So because I've been doing it so long. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It wasn't a good gig, but I never died in Mars. Do you know what I mean? I get 20 minutes and I went up there and I said, look, everybody's been up tonight and everyone struggled because it's such a small gig mm -hmm. so i'm not gonna hit yous with my shit straight away like i'm like i'm fucking peter k i'm addressing the elephant in the room and i felt like i got through 20 minutes right and after it i said to myself that was a shite gig but i felt like i was professional enough to make it all right so i feel like the punters would be like you know what it was a fucking mental gig there was only five years here but he's went up and he's he's done enough but like if you're standing in front of 300 people and you're not getting a laugh then i think you'd be struggling it's like essentially if you're a new if you're a new person right and you're nervous and stuff i wouldn't even think about yourself as shite you're you're still learning your you're trade. new aye. aye so see if you're up there and you're shaky and you're forgetting your material but you're shite it is shite it's awkward it, and hard to watch isn't it it is what it is uh -huh. but see if you've got a number of gigs put it this way right see if you've got a couple of gigs under your belt and you go and do the stand in glasgow on a tuesday night mm -hmm. red raw see if you don't get laughs at red raw you're shite well i Unless you're trying to do something different, yeah, in the sense that if you're a shock, if you're offend, like say you're one of these people that wants to get to offend people, or uh -huh. you're an alternative comic, and your yeah. and your style happens to be surreal, yeah, people don't really laugh at that. Like nobody laughed at Chappelle, like the last half hour of Chappelle's last stand-up special. People are like, "That's amazing," you yeah. know what I mean? It's just he's doing something different, uh -huh. and I think that was my my sort of point. But I get what you're saying. Um, if you're an experienced comic and you get laughs and you know when it's good and you know when it's bad you can trust your instinct yeah but um 
if you're no, like this guy's not, it's like record your sets and base your opinion on what you want today. Know yeah. what kind of reaction that you get on what you want today. Because then you might end up just pandering. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Plus comedians, myself included, for a long time are over negative to the point to the point that it's toxic because mm-hmm. i've seen comedians go up and fucking smash it right and then they come off stage and they're like oh that was shit and i'm uh, like you just stormed that gig that's self-deprecation nah. that could either be mental health uh-huh. no no mental illness but poor mental health but mate it could also be fishing for compliments off your peers which you get people like that they're draining you know what i mean you're like you know you fucking smashed that draining, and, and they're just like no, please tell me that I did it. Gone yeah. it, oh, didn't he? And it's like, it's all right to be like, I fucking nailed that there, mate. Like, how yeah. good was that when it is good? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think I'm different as, like, I, I go through all these techniques in my brain to kind of trick myself into feeling better. So I, when before I go on stage, I just kind of cut myself off in my brain. I say, every single person in that room is my best mate. Why do I want to feel nervous or shy in front of my mates? Because I love them and they love me and they want me to do well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go up and make all my mates laugh. Mm-hmm. They've all been working the day. They want to be entertained and I'm going to make them laugh. Aye, so mate. why do I want to feel bad? Uh-huh. And honestly, I kind of go up there and I treat it like a friendship for 20 minutes and I never punch down. Uh, it's always myself. Me, it's a that's a joke or family members that they're a joke mm-hmm. unless i'm getting heckled or something right and somebody's fucking caught it mate i mean see if you're a good comic which you know i'm not going to be like i've seen your sets because i've no and i'm yeah. fucking dying to come and see you but see if you're a good comic it's a fucking privilege for them to sit there and watch you yeah. so imagine i was pure shite <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like how was that like pure uh, uh it was good mate <laughs> <laughs> 24 podcasts I've been doing with you and you're like, ah, I've heard Connell's all right at stand-up, but I went to see him last night. He was gibbering pish about everybody being his best mate. Next week you'll be like, episode 25, Paul's no here. Just <laughs> <laughs> an empty chair earlier. And plus, I'm I'm also, uh, I'm not daft enough to admit when I'm or Like, you win some, you lose some. It is what it is. When you lose it, just don't let it eat eat away at you Aye. you need to accept that sometimes you're shite and it can be through drunk people it can be through anything do you know what i mean i mean i remember one time uh, before i walked onto the stage i get dumped off a bird and it was literally like i can't do this anymore and i don't like you i can't go with you welcome to the stage darren connell <laughs> and i was like hello every what <laughs> just brutal Aye, that's not good timing mate that's terrible timing. I remember one time my uncle died. One of my uncles died, I know. And I had a gig. And I was just like, just on stage, like, my uncle died. The complete silence. Aye, it's like, they think it's a joke. <laughs> you're getting up and you're like, sorry guys, this set's not going to be great because I've just found out my uncle's died. And it's Aye. pure tumbleweed in the room, pure Aye. one guy, pure, ah, fucking brilliant. Aye. You're like, I'm no joking, mate. Like, seriously. Got to somebody going to get me shot absent. <laughs> I was like, I'm going through a really traumatic experience. My uncle died. I'm like, what? Some people would make that joke. Yeah. And think that that <laughs> That would be, I mean, we're, I'm laughing now, just at the awkwardness there, like, you'd be like, oh, no. Aye. But, mate, sometimes, I like, see what like you're saying? 
sometimes you have bad gigs mate doesn't yeah. define you as, a, as an artist that's music that's everything mate yeah you're you you know that you can still kick on make sure your next one's a good one the other one that really fucks with me is performance anxiety like you're talking about it's that weird sort of juxtaposition you end up in where it's like i care so much about this being good mm. that i'm really nervous which means it's going to be bad yeah you know what i mean it's like you're sabotaging yourself like did you get nerves did you get that i go when i was underprepared for gigs so say we had a big gig and i didn't think that i had rehearsed enough during that week or, or was like stayed sharp I would get nervous. The majority of the time, I would get excited. Yeah, It's hard to define the two because the symptoms of excitement and nerves are the exact same. But the difference between it is what's going through your mind. Yeah. If your mind is on failing, then it's nerves. If your mind is on succeeding and you've got the same feeling, it's excitement. Yeah. Um, but, uh, mate, that there's, there's been... I'm sure you relate to this. Some gigs I would go into... Some gigs I would go into not giving a fuck. And I don't think that's good either. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Um, if you, if I think that what you were saying, like, I remember you telling me the story about the first Red Raw when you went back, you went into the cafe in Woodlands Road and blah, blah, blah. That is the level at which you care about your art. That's a good thing, ultimately. I think that's the best way to look at it is going, look, these nerves mean that I fucking care yeah um, i remember listening to matt bellamy for muse and they were asking him do you get nervous before you go on stage and he's like of course i did because if i didn't get nervous going out to play to hundred thousand people then i don't care yeah about what i'm doing and it means that i'm gonna be as good as i can be yeah. as long as you manage it aye that is true mate and it does kind of boil down to like you need to be grateful for i mean obviously you work hard for it i've became a stand-up comedian through hard work but you do think like here wait a minute this is working class people that are paying money for a ticket to come and see me mm -hmm. like i would never fucking disrespect a crowd like that i would never do that like it's so disgusting when you see comedians that go up and it's like i don't give a fuck or they're get you get a lot of comedians all of them are shite by the way it's never a good comedian but right. some of them will gig there'll be comedians at the back of the room and the comedian on the stage will gig to the comedians so it'll be like hunters of in jokes and shitty wee personal jokes Aye, that's no and, good. and all the, the audience are sitting there thinking what the fuck is happening but all these comedians are cackling to each other and i would never do that it's so fucking disrespectful like if somebody puts on a if somebody's going to pay you a ticket like you put on a show and you try to make it the best show possible 100 percent mate that's the right attitude, man. It's like Jock Steen said with Celtic, <laughs> didn't he? Said something similar. Football without fans is nothing. Exactly. Stand up with it, a crowd is, you know. Nothing. Nothing. And that's why I do jokes about fucking Eckies and Anne Frank's loft. I'm kind of like the comedy version of Jock Steen. How long have we... <laughs> <laughs> How long have we done? 40 minutes, mate. 40 minutes. This is fluent, mate. Uh, what were you going to talk about before the viral tweet? The viral tweet, right, I've got... Uh, I've just got a couple of weird things here, like... Um, I was watching episodes of... I don't even know if that's going to be funny. 
might be interesting though. Have you ever heard of Mr. Rogers? No. He was a child entertainer and psychologist in America. Right. And he he started off as a child psychologist and then he, he started his um own TV show and it was called Mr. Rogers. And he did this. When you mean a child psychologist, do you mean like an adult that's a psychologist for children or a child who's a psychologist? That'd be fucking mental if you get a child psychologist. <laughs> I just told it up for therapy and it was a 10 year old and a wee suit. <laughs> <laughs> God, my wife's going to leave me. Gaga goo goo. I know. That's what I'm saying. Just go down and get a toy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, what'd you do when you're stressed? I don't know. Play with my fucking Lego. <laughs> Uh, right, so he was a so as an adult then. I think he was an adult. Right, okay, aye. and Tom Hanks played him in a film. Ah, right. Um, what was that? A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Nah, right, okay, right. And okay. this was the kind of I don't know. I think it's because I had the flu, right? And I was just bored, and I, I went down a rabbit hole. But mm-hmm. a wee bit of positivity with the podcast because somebody was talking about Chris Farley to me last night, and I was like, <clears throat> that's because I was speaking about it on the podcast. Right. So. Fuck it, check out Mr. Rogers. I just find the guy so fascinating and interesting. He did 900 episodes, his TV show, right? Right. Probably about 30, 40 years, I think he was on the telly for. Mm-hmm. Um, he started as a young guy and he died uh, when he was like 75. And I was just watching Hunter's Eclipsium last night. He was on like the Tonight Show as a guest Arsenio Hall, have you ever seen Arsenio Hall? I remember that. I love Arsenio Hall, right? He's a good actor Mm -hmm. and he's got his own talk show, but the majority of his uh, crowd are black Americans and it's like working class black Americans. Uh If you see some of his guests, it's like Ice Cube and NWA and it's like gangster rap stuff, but Uh it's an amazing fucking show. He was a stand-up comedian as well, Arsenio Hall, wasn't he? An amazing actor, an amazing stand-up comedian uh-huh. but to to put like mr rogers on his show is just it was odd mm-hmm. but i watched it last night and it was amazing it was like i don't want to sound cheesy or anything but it's just like this guy who has the right intentions um that has a pure heart just had the fucking audience in the palm of his hand and this arsenio hall was just like I just don't think they make people like that anymore. He was like an amazing guest and this has been an amazing crowd. Thank you so much. You could hear a fucking pin drop and you see these like adults like Arsenio Hall saying like, I grew up with you. You're my fucking childhood. Uh And he was a kind of first guy. I mean, you've got to, what was it? See racism back in the day in America. What was it called when they, didn't they let people in swimming pools? Segregation. Segregation? Segregation. Se- I segregation. Said I said segregation there, mate. All right. Mate. I, thank fuck you corrected that because <laughs> I'd have went away be like, segregation. Uh-huh. I've, got, I've had a stroke. Like, <laughs> did I say that? No, segregation. Segregation, uh-huh. right. So see when all that was happening in America, mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers had a, a guy on his TV show that worked on TV show and he was black, right? Right. He got him on as a guest and he was just like, how's your day? How have you been? How's your family? And see, as he was having this conversation with this guy, he 
they went in a paddling pool together and they were just like chilling in a pool. Right. So he was like, got this guy on a TV show in front of millions of people and he was like, fuck, fuck he's basically. He was the first guy to ever do that. I think it was back in the 60s or right. something. Right, good for him, like, So he, he was breaking down, like, barriers like that. Also, when uh, Robert F. Kennedy got assassinated. Uh-huh, 69. I think si- that was 1969. Mm-hmm. Two days after the assassination, he was, like... He had all these characters, like, child characters with puppets and stuff. And he was talking about what's an assassination and stuff. Like, proper groundbreaking shit. Right. So, I I was in a flu fucking... Were you watching episodes of his TV show? Like, old I was, episodes? I watched a couple, right? And it was... I'll be honest with you, I never enjoyed it. Because it was to watch. It was old. Aye. Really old and dated. I get that, mate. Aye. It's like... I've done that a few times with Amazon, like, watching old Laurel and Hardy stuff uh-huh. and all that. And I'm like, this is Makes shite. it hard for me with my missus sometimes see because she's 10 years younger than me uh-huh. i'll put on stuff for like 2001 2002 that was my era right mm-hmm. like i was 16 17 18 at the turn of the 2000s and she's like i can't get into it man it's too old and i'm like that's like me with my dad and fucking cowboy movies <laughs> like and that's just like oh for fuck's sake but i get it i, I remember being later. i get that because yeah. stuff for the 70s like tv shows sometimes i don't know why sometimes it just disney date it dates well you're like mm-hmm. that's fine i can watch that sometimes you're watching stuff and you're like it's too dated man i just can't get past the plus plus the production value of some stuff is like really bad i, I can't remember what <laughs> film it was but it was a horror film from 1997 uh-huh. and the actual vision the vision of it was just terrible terrible i was like i can't watch Do you know what's a funny one that's related but different is the quality of presenting see like now we're even like you on this right yeah. you've got a level of professional like sort of production value where you're like hello and welcome and you've got like have you ever watched like old episodes of something like uh <laughs> bullseye Aye. like jim bone and Aye. you're like what is he doing he's Aye. just randomly just coming away with stuff and you're like that makes no sense like yeah. they didn't even have controller like going like you need to stick to like a structure and a script like he was just getting off on one like yeah so it's so weird to watch that and you're like that that was prime time tv that's pretty shit somebody's da that's had a probably had about 10 whiskeys that day it's <laughs> <laughs> like reading the news and like just be like, oh, oh, fucking, oh. like oliver read on uh parkin yeah. uh parky or whatever parkinson he was called parkinson right? Aye, right um, um i mean that's, that's wild embarrassing it's wild, mate. Uh, then my dancey's not. You're like, somebody's fucking drunk that. Like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on here? He's probably a bad example to use, but like, see the kind of era of Jim, Jim Davidson when it was like <sighs> all-star comedy uh-huh. and it was up-and-coming uh, stand-up comedians uh-huh. coming on the show. I, I watched something like that simil- uh, but recently and it was like all of them on it and it was this guy doing a trick with a pen. Right. He was doing something with a pen, right? And the crowd were fucking lapping it up. Like, he was storming it. And I'm like, that's just like a cunt in a pub, like, winging it. It wasn't even that good. But then I, su- I suppose that's really similar to, like, uh, Laurel and Hardy stuff. Because, see, like, see if you watch Laurel and Hardy uh-huh. and things like the Free Stooges and all that. Uh-huh. See the pie in the face stuff. Uh-huh. 
like back in the day that was groundbreaking that was like pure prime comedy i and see the amount of people that have copied just the basic kind of structure of a joke uh, it's mental you'll see Aye, it in like mate. family guy trying to ask the people again i'm going back to my missus um like bill hicks where i'll be like we need to watch bill hicks right we're we're big into comedy like i'm big into comedy no comedian by any fucking stretch of imagination but i love watching stand-up comedy so we get i got her into watching like the netflix specials and then i was like let's watch you need to watch hicks prior um the guy with the beard and the ponytail beard and ponytail uh-huh is he white uh-huh american dude oh the old he's always old isn't he uh-huh. i've never seen him young uh oh my god what's his name he was in jane silent bob strikes yes Back. He, i can't i feel ashamed that i cannot remember mate, that guy's me name too, mate. me too i've watched so much his comedy and i can't believe i can't remember his name can i go and do a pee aye mate george carlin no man <laughs> how the fuck did i not get that i know man but i've got dementia but i was saying to her look we need to go back and watch uh hicks Carlin and Pryor, and she kind of get into it, and it's because their nose slick. Yeah, it's nowadays it's so slick, mate. I mean, you watch some stand-up comedians, you're like, see if that had been twenty years ago, he'd be an absolute fucking top boy. Yeah, now he's looking shite in comparison to. The, but they the, try to say it here, it's like listening to the Beatles. Yeah, you can't listen to fucking you know the Arctic Monkeys and then go back and try and compare it to the Beatles. The actual root, like the core of what they're doing is better, but the production value and the structure and how we know this is when the chorus comes in, this is where this goes, it's too slick. When you try and compare it, it just feels shite because you're watching Bill Hicks and you're like, he is up there just riffing and just gone for like, just going off and goes mental. Like, and I think that's amazing. It's like way more artistic than somebody that gets up and he's like you can tell that they've practiced their set within an inch it's life yeah but if you start with that you try and go back i think it's dated you're like fuck's sake do you think bill hicks is dated if you watched it again aye, aye. Uh, no to me i watch it and laugh my i'll still fucking push myself laughing yeah. um but i think for people that are used to like you know the modern comedy hour Mm-hmm. where everything's like fucking absolutely like looks amazing sounds amazing it's just kind of like i i feel like i'm the same with you with bill hicks uh, richard Pryor. i love him uh eddie murphy rowan delirious brilliant yeah. it's like when you compare like kevin hart to eddie murphy i know that they were having a beef they were talking about ticket sales and stuff and i think kevin hart was saying he's bigger now i, I don't feel like maybe that is true but like when eddie murphy did raw he was 21 years old and there was nothing like that maybe they'd ever done that before that's what kevin hart's followed the blueprint that like that's why chris rock always talks about this where he's like i will never be as good as eddie murphy because i've followed his footsteps yeah even if technically your comedy becomes better technically you're making more money technically you're selling more tickets don't let your ego try and get away with because he broke that ground eddie yeah. murphy was one of the first yeah to, i mean arsenio hall was after that like i grew show, up with eddie murphy me too mate. that was my he was my comedian when i was young definitely beverly hills cop like all the movies as well run about that time that he yeah. did he was a superstar mate he was a fucking 
it was just a different era you know yeah. what i mean like i also feel like i really need to word this very carefully but when i was younger and I, I never watched billy conley when i was young it was richard Pryor and eddie murphy and i feel like that made me learn about people that were different for me mm-hmm. like oh that guy's got a different color of skin for me he's from a different country and i just remember thinking it doesn't mean anything it's like i'm not you know about racism and stuff i was like it took away that so when i seen like obviously like a normal person when i see racism when i was younger i was like that's not right Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean because i think you can get poisoned by your surroundings and that's what causes bigotry and racism and stuff i feel like growing up on a diet of those two guys I was like, I'm very, very grateful that Aye, that happened. you can relate to what they're saying, so you realise that they're no different for you. Aye. Just other than the colour of their skin, you know what I mean? Aye, but also like being a wee guy and thinking, I want to be mates with them as well. Like, because they're fucking amazing. Don't know if I'd have wanted to be mates with Richard Pryor and end up <laughs> setting yourself on fire. Free, Smoking crack. Aye, free base and crack. And I also feel like I need to say, obviously, Eddie Murphy said some outrageous things on Raw. Aye. Of course. You watch it I know it now. somebody's going to fucking say you something. You watch it now and some of the stuff you're like, whoa, fucking yeah. hell. But again, it was a different time. It was acceptable for people to talk about that back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think my favourites, I don't know about you, but Richard Pryor's uh, live in concert, the bit where he talks about the dog, where he's mon- like his wee monkeys have died. That's hilarious, mate. And I think that was... I don't know if it was, but that was like, see the way he did the voices? Mm. And he did like the white guy voice, like the pure, Hah! yeah. And first guy to do the white guy voice, right. by the way. So another and everybody gro- copied Aye, him. another groundbreaking. Like, even guys like, no, white comedians put on like a voice to represent, you know, uh-huh. like other white people. And it's a similar voice to prior. But um, the, the Eddie Murphy story where he talks about in the nightclub, and he's like, <laughs> I talk a good fight. <laughs> and he's like usually it works but then you get that one cycle that's like i think he's like does he not go like this is what i like come on <laughs> come on and he's like oh fuck like i've got an actual cycle in front of me here um and some of the stories about i mean the fucking slipper the boomerang slipper thing yeah. he's like he's mod throw the shoe at them and the cookout as well like i could relate to that mad family members that come to your house and you're like who are these cunts like <laughs> and and uh Fucking Aunt Boo Boo or something. <laughs> <laughs> I fall down the stairs. Fucking the ice cream van. The ice cream van, mate. Aye. Oh fuck, man. That's is that delirious? No, I think that's raw. raw. The, the two of them mate. are very similar. He does quite Aye. a lot of the same jokes. No, same word for word. Same subject models. Aye, aye. But fucking Charlie Murphy, mate. Charlie Murphy, I. Do you ever watch that? Charlie Murphy's Real Hollywood Stories, yes. the Chappelle Show, mate. Fucking hell. He's yep. st- well, he was a stand up in the end, but he was hilarious, man. He was also Eddie Murphy's body double in some films. Like Be- Beverly Hills. He was his stuff. bodyguard in real life as well. That's yeah. what he did for a job. Have you seen the bit? I'm sure Charlie Murphy plays uh, Eddie Murphy's dad at the start of one of the. See, like, there's the bit, uh, one of the stand-ups, there's a bit where he's, like, in the house with his parents, and Charlie Murphy plays his dad. Wow. I didn't even know that. Is that the one we, when Samuel Jackson is there? I think so, mate. Aye. He tells the joke. Mm-hmm. God, I'll need to go back and watch that again. 
God, that's mental. And G.I. Joe was swimming He's... in the water. I mean, <laughs> mate, that's a classic. I had them on tape. Aye. I got them AV cabled, like for a VHS into a stereo and record them. And I used to listen to them when I was doing my papers when I was a wee guy. Amazing. And how wild that is. My dad used to just be like, aye, you want to watch Richard Pryor? I'm like seven. Aye, aye. <laughs> that's one thing I'm grateful for. My family letting me watch that stuff. I feel like it's made me into the person I am today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing, but it's definitely I'm Shaped glad. Who you are. Aye. Comedy wise, I'm glad. I mean, like, just watch it and always remember I had a tape, it was Adam Sandler mm-hmm. before he was shite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he did this song called Medium Pace. Have you ever heard it? No. It's like a love song called Medium Pace and it starts off as a lo- a love song and it just descends into fucking madness. And uh I don't think we can play it in the podcast, but if you just Google it, I think he wrote it when he was like 22 or something. It's right. very, very funny. Mm-hmm. We'll play it after the podcast. More so, awesome. how long have we done now? We're on an hour, mate. <clears throat> Will there be a lot of editing with this? No. Nothing at all, just taking out your piss, mate. Um, <clears throat> I don't think there's much more we can talk about, mate, apart from my hair's looking fucking amazing. It's looking great, mate. I need to, I need to say something. What? So, last episode... I fancy it. No, I'm kidding. Um, get last... your copy and I'll suck it. <laughs> Live on the podcast, get your mobile. Um, I said last week that somebody had reached out to me, <laughs> a mutual friend, and she had said, oh, I like the red group chat because I'm in the red group. She did not say that. No? No, I got that completely wrong. She said she was in the green group. So I got a fucking voice note being like, hold you, you can't. I did not fucking say it. And I was like, you're right. And we, I mean, I've only got bullet points and notes here. It's just reminders and things like McTassos and stuff. So things that me and Paul talk about are just off the cuff. Essentially, I want it to be a comedy podcast, two guys talking shite, and nothing ever gets too serious. So, fuck it. I've enjoyed this, mate. I've enjoyed it as well, mate. It's good to be back. It's been very, very good for me. I feel like, see, when you lie in a bed for nine uh, nine days, fucked could feel my mental health getting a wee bit fucked mm-hmm. and i'm glad that i pulled myself out of bed to come here mm-hmm. so um i'm gonna wrap it up mate an hour is plenty fucking right um before i go thank you very much to mctassels as always your help is appreciated mctassels pay the costs of the studio so if you'd like to give me a wee bit of money you can donate a coffee through the coffee link on my twitter which is Darren Connell 87. You can add me on Facebook. I'm going to be announcing dates soon for a tour. So keep your eyes peeled. And I'm also going to announce a couple of other things that I'm going to keep on the hush right now. Paul, what's your Ooh. Twitter? At Rebel City Paul. At Rebel City Paul. Um, Maybe you know what he looks like, but I love the fact that he's just behind the camera. I don't know. I think that's quite funny. Is that funny? Nah. I don't know, man. Means I don't get abuse in the street <laughs> if I do see <laughs> Oh, well, why? But, um, aye, that's it. The podcast is finished. Episode 24. See you next week. Dab. Dab. Go for it, mate. Oh. Sick dab. Sick dab? Lying in bed for nine days, dab. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs>
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.